Welcome to Healing with Worth, a podcast dedicated to healthy recovery and instilling hope in the wake of betrayal trauma. We are women who have experienced this intimately and want to offer hope to other women. While we may interview professionals on the show, the content should not be taken as therapeutic advice and is not meant to replace therapeutic healing. If you would like to join one of our free online worth groups to help with your betrayal trauma, you may find us at healingwithworth.org. Welcome to Healing with Worth. We are Janine and Naomi, and this week we are going to finish the episode with Jeff Ford. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, pause here, go back, listen to the last episode so that this episode will make more sense. So without further ado, here is the rest of our interview with Jeff Ford. The more you talk about this and dealing with emotions, I notice, maybe you notice this as well, I have noticed that there is a lot of ADHD in these men. Like, I find that's a very common thing. And I have a son who's ADHD, and just learning about ADHD and what all that entails, this emotional component is a big piece to that. They feel emotions much stronger, and they aren't necessarily equipped to handle those strong emotions or given tools to do that at a young age. And so I've noticed that there are a lot of men with these type of ADHD symptoms and things that that wind up here in uh, various other types of things. But what are your thoughts on that in terms of the emotional component? Yeah, so I want everybody listening to think about a time when they did something for their first time where they were out of their comfort zone. Maybe it was the first day of a new job, or maybe it was when you had your first child, had experience with kids, but you never had a child of your own, and you're just super keyed up and nervous. And the feeling of discomfort in your body is pretty high, and your bandwidth is pretty low, meaning you can't really deal with much else because this new experience is so overwhelming that it's hard to even give airtime or thought time to anything else. When these guys start working at sobriety, they start feeling again. And so their body is filled with a lot of emotions that they have not let themselves feel. And if they're on the first day of a new job every day, and a lot of impulsivity, like Naomi, like you're talking about this ADHD type of thing, a lot of impulsivity manifests. And sometimes it's in a negative way where they get angry or yell or name call or even hurt physically or on the opposite side of the spectrum, they just shut down. It's just too much. I hear these guys all the time. I just talked to a guy yesterday. He's just like, Jeff, I am not used to all these feelings. He's been over a month without acting out and he's overwhelmed on a regular basis emotionally because he's just so used to shutting it off. And so that's going on. They're feeling that overwhelm all the time, especially if they're working at sobriety. Jeff, you talk about group therapy as being a beneficial process for both partners. Yet I often hear women say that their husbands who go to groups often compare themselves to the other group members whose acting out behaviors may seem so much worse compared to what their husband has done. I often hear wives say that their husbands will say, 
well, you should hear some of the things that these other guys have done, or, well, at least I didn't do that to avoid taking the responsibility that they need to, to take. And it minimizes the pain of the spouse. And I really feel like this can be a detriment to the healing process and further complicates recovery. I'm wondering if you could address this for our listeners who might hear this from their spouse. Oh man, I've seen so many women exit therapy or exit group because their husband went to a 12-step group or something like that. And they heard all these other guys talk about their story and they came back, oh, I'm not like having sex with prostitutes or so, man, I'm just looking at pornography. Comparison is one of the dominant forms of denial. And some women, they're like, they hear their husband tell stories of, yeah, this guy in this group, he talked about like he got arrested and man, I'm glad I'm, and women are glad too that their husband's not that. Oh, maybe women often say, maybe I overreacted. Like you're certainly not that bad off. This is where I introduce that same concept that we've talked about today, where you may have a different route to sexually acting out. It may be through masturbation or pornography. And certainly there are differences in severity. However, wherever you're dealing with addiction, you're dealing with developmental delay. And the developmental milestone that has not been reached for an individual that struggles with sex addiction, whether it's severe or mild, whatever those terms mean, they do not know how to manage pain and they're very good at shifting it off. And so the failure of dealing with relational and emotional pain, whether you're an addict that is acting out with prostitutes or looking at pornography, you're numbing out in both situations. And so recovery is all about learning how to connect with the pain and learn how to deal with it in a healthy way. And it doesn't matter. It's the same thing with a lot of women. When women start sharing their stories, some women think she's got so much more that she's dealing with. And so they minimize their own pain. And I had a woman, I don't know, about eight or 10 years ago, she talked about that. And she had a beautiful metaphor. This was in a group setting. And one of the women was like, I don't think I need to be in group because my husband only looks at pornography and masturbates. She was minimizing her pain and, and really others as well. But this woman, she just said, look, all of us in this group have been shot. And some of us have been shot with a big bullet and some of us have been shot with a small bullet. But every one of us have been shot. And small bullets kill people just as easily as big bullets. And it's the same for women. It's so hard to break out of denial. It's so difficult to come to terms with the actual devastating effects that chronic addiction causes in relationships. And it's not just in sexual acting out. It's in so many areas. The sexual acting out part is just the tip of the iceberg. It's so multifaceted. Yeah. So it's breaking out of that denial is so important for individuals and couples to do. Whether you're recovering as an addict or whether you're recovering from the betrayal trauma or the relational trauma. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like I was in that position for a long time with the chronic acting out. And I told myself often, at least if I ask, he'll tell me. And I thought that was honesty. <laughs> I thought if I ask him, he'll tell me. He wouldn't come to me with anything. And most of the time, I didn't even have to ask. I knew. 
I could feel it. I could sense it. And me asking was mostly an accountability type thing. Have you been looking at things? And for years, I told myself, at least he's honest. At least he's being honest with me. And then it just got to a point that he was being honest about what I would ask him. But if I didn't ask the right question, then I wasn't going to get any information. And it took me years to come around and just get to my rock bottom to where I was finally like, you know what? This is bad enough for me, regardless of what anybody else, because I'd had people who'd said that it's just the line. It's just the line. And I think that certainly is a big piece of it. But even when there is partial truth and you think, okay, at least there's some truth happening, it still is very detrimental. And all of those, all of the things we've been talking about today, the emotional component, those are all there and just lying underneath. And so really accepting your situation and recognizing it as what it is a process. And and it's not an easy one to come to terms with by any means. Yeah, I think- yeah that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could address gaslighting for our listeners who may not be familiar with that term. I know it's it's commonly used. Maybe you could help our listeners get more yeah. in touch with what that entails. So gaslighting is where person in your life, it could be your spouse, it could be a family member, it could be not just with a spouse, it's with lots of people. But any relationship that doesn't help you understand your own kind of gut instincts or your own experience of the world or your own understanding, and they dismiss it because theirs is superior, is gaslighting. This happens all the time in a relationship that's the closer the relationship, the more opportunities there's going to be for gaslighting to occur, where Naomi, just a second ago, you said you could feel things in your marriage happening before you knew about it, before your husband told you about it. And this sets up to be gaslit. If you go to your husband and you say, hey, something doesn't feel right. What is going on? I feel like something's going on in our marriage. Like, I just don't. Or you could even be more specific. I feel like you've had a slip. I feel like you're there, but not there. And To be gaslit is for them to respond and be like, what are you talking about? What is your problem? That's your issue. Everything's fine. Something's wrong with you. So if you go through that enough times, you begin to distrust your own impressions, your own instincts, your own experience. And gaslighting is if that happens repetitively, which again, if you're in a relationship with an addict, that doesn't know how to handle when a woman comes and says, I don't feel quite right about things. They don't know how to hold that. So they're going to put the blame back on you. And you're just crazy. You're going to be very disconnected with what your actual feelings are. You're going you're gonna to be skeptical. It's going to be crazy making. So gaslighting is emotionally damaging because you don't even get to be comfortable in your own skin. You don't get to trust your own inner voice anymore. And you become um, motivated to act in others' interests, to perform for them, as opposed to, I need to go and do what works for me. And what works for me is like getting connected to what I feel is important and behaving in the world to make that happen. And being disconnected from that is very psychologically damaging. 
Would you consider minimizing a form of gaslighting if there's an admittance but minimizing or would that be something different? Yeah, let me tell you a very common example. So a man that comes, like I just literally had two couples that are new that I'm working with that they just went through this. So we got to have a lot of airtime on this one. But the husband says, hey, I had a slip. It was only for five minutes. And I only looked at images. I didn't look at any videos. I didn't masturbate. And so all of a sudden, wife hears that there's a slip and she's hurting. Okay. She's hurting, but, oh, that's so wonderful. You didn't look at videos. Good job. Or you didn't masturbate. Oh, I'm so happy that you didn't masturbate. There's this dismissal of what the actual problem is. And so women, of course, they're wanting to encourage, they're wanting to support. You know what I mean? They want their husband to get better. So they want to support any efforts of, oh, that's wonderful that you're even telling me, number one. And you didn't go as far, number two. Can you see how damaging that can be where women actually feel guilty for feeling bad? I can't tell you how many women I've worked with who are like, he was so good. He came to me and told me about this the first time he did it. And that's great, by the way. Like for an addict to do, that's wonderful. But don't expect your wife to be doing jumping jacks because she's all happy about it. She's going to be feeling hurt. Yeah, when he minimizes that, all of a sudden, the space for how you feel, ladies, shrinks and shrinks. Mm -hmm. And so one thing's happening that's good, the report of a slip. And by the way, it's probably a vague report of what really happened. The marriage isn't going to get any better because in order for the marriage to get better, there needs to be room for how the wife feels. And the husband needs to be able to deal with that. Ladies, here's a little principle. Hopefully this can help you break out of some of that uh, denial. But you can only expect your husband to be as emotionally honest as you're being. If you go through this experience that I just noted about your husband minimizing his acting out, and then you feel guilty for being mad about it, that's the time for you ladies to get emotionally honest. How did this slip actually make you feel? And it's okay to connect to that. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be hurt. He can go and get support and kudos for his addiction from his therapist, his church leader, his group, they can be that support for them. But you may not be in a place emotionally where you can be all excited that he didn't look at a video for four hours or something. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Let him sit with the fact that you're not like all doing jumping jacks. That you're actually hurt and it's going to take time to feel better. Yeah. How would she express that pain? What would be an appropriate way to express it? The women that I'm working with in group or in therapy where I just start clapping, I'm like so happy that they're, where they're able to say, hey, I see that, you know, there's some progress that you're making, but I'm not going to be the one that's going to be able to celebrate that with you right now because I'm really hurting because of what you've done. And there may be a time where I can congratulate you or something, but you've just told me that you've betrayed me. How do you expect me to feel? This whole recovery thing isn't just about you, husband. There's a lot going on for me here. And that's a start. That's a start. Some steps for you, for ladies, especially that have like, you're thawing out still. Really good things for you to start doing is journal. Get in your journal, no edit button. Talk about how you really feel. Practice saying how you really feel. Practice really getting connected to that. And practice saying 
your story, like not your big story about how this all happened, but your story about just that slip. Practice putting words to it. Practice saying it without feeling like you have to protect your husband. And what you'll find is as you journal or pray about it or talk to a friend about it, and you're practicing putting words on exactly what you're feeling, you're going to have a lot more clarity about how it actually makes you feel. And then this is the cool part. When you have that clarity, you'll also have more clarity on what you actually need to feel better. And it won't be such a hazy mess. And then come back to addressing it with the spouse, the husband. Some women can and some women can't. If your husband's holding it and he's not punishing you for being hurt, then you're going to have a lot more safety to come back and say, hey, I need this and this from you. And oftentimes women need a little bit of space and distance to figure out what that looks like. So don't be afraid to take it, ladies. Don't be afraid to give yourself that time to process and really have the clarity about what you're actually feeling, how this actually affected you, because it affects everyone different. And at different stages, it affects you differently. For people who are in this thawing out stage, and and I ask this just because when I was in this stage and my reaction to those times when he would come and minimize was, he would often say, I opened it and then I closed it right away. And his right away and my right away are very different. And I'm thinking the fact that you even opened it is the problem. The fact that you even had the thought and continued with that thought, that's the problem that we need to address. And so I'm still hurt. So I go and I give myself space. But in that time frame that you're giving yourself space, and this is what I, these are things that I didn't know. And these are things that I probably didn't practice. What would you tell them to do in that time and space? What's something that they could do? I know now reaching out to safe people and group members, but when they're not in a group and when they don't have safe people, maybe they haven't got to that point yet. They're still. Yeah. So they're, they haven't reached out for support yet. So journal and pray. And I'm not talking about the prayer that's helped me to have a good day, help my kids or help my husband to be good or Thank you for the rain. I'm not talking about that kind of a prayer. I'm talking about the kind of prayer where you're doing like the spiritual work of pouring your heart out, where you're putting words to everything that you're feeling. And that prayer doesn't end until it's poured all the way out. And that's when, you know, many women that I work with say that their spiritual relationship with their higher power grows tremendously because they've learned to pour their hearts out. They've learned to treat that higher power as a relationship, not just something that they have to check mark do's and don'ts as a religion. It's a relationship. So prayer, journaling, making sense of your experience in those ways. If you haven't reached out to a group or something like that. And the other thing you can do is get educated. If you haven't reached out and you're listening to this podcast, way to go. That's a form of reaching out. And a lot of women will start learning and listening to podcasts or um, reading books or learning about this in that way. I just applaud that effort. That's a wonderful thing to start doing. You're starting to make sense of your experience through education. That's a powerful way of getting clarity. So keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think that definitely prayer. And I think when we do pray like that, at least for me, led me to people and led me to 
the places where I was able to find the support and find the help and start my process of recovery outside of myself, being able to find that support and that healing. So appreciate that. I wish I would have bought stock in Kleenex because I've gone through so many tissues. <laughs> I love that you're saying that, Janine, because like just letting yourself cry, letting yourself feel. I yeah. know so many women who don't even do that. They just overfunction as a mom or in their job or they just numb themselves out and they won't even let themselves feel. Yeah. yeah. Partly because they haven't been allowed to feel for so long. <laughs> They've had to shut it off to survive, I feel right. like. Yep, that's right. And some great resources like recognizing emotional abuse. Go to the Gospel Library, look up prior editions of the Enzyme, October 2020 has a few articles on emotional abuse. And I really like it because they just go through examples of emotional abuse and they do a good job of doing it. I would go and get some educational things to look at and start making sense of your experience through that. That's a really good resource to start at. Any books you recommend? Yeah, another one that's a workbook that I'm actually having a lot of success with so far. I'm doing a group right now, and I just bought this workbook for all of the, the members of my group. And I didn't do a ton of research on it. It was a brand new workbook. It ended up so far, all the ladies have given me feedback that it's just excellent. And it's called the Gaslighting Recovery Workbook. And the author, I'm looking up the author's name here. It's Amy Marlowe McCoy. So far, I've been so impressed with it. I can't give like a full, I because again, it's brand new and we're working through it slowly as a group. And I gave my copy away because another woman that I was meeting, she, she needed it and I gave mine away. So I actually have to buy another one, but it's very helpful. Great. That's great to know. I think last time we talked, you shared the scripture in Jacob and I just felt it was very powerful. So I just wanted to see if you would be willing to share your thoughts about that just in closing. I would love to. And because here's the cool thing, in some ways it's cool, but it's sad, but it's cool because people are being led. So with that, early on in our talk today, I told you how myself and my colleagues included have seen there's just this huge uptick in emotional abuse. And with that, we are also seeing women who are having the courage to like to leave their marriage if their spouse is not willing to get well and to work on it and not be abusive. It really hit me because in Jacob 3, uh, we all know what Jacob 2 is about. Jacob 2 is when Jacob, he's really heavy. He has a lot of anxiety because he went to the temple and he had to come back with this message about uh, the men were breaking the tender hearts of their wives and their children because of sexual discretions. And Jacob even notes in chapter two that he regrets having to use so much boldness because he knows it's going to break hearts. And so he speaks very directly about it. And then in the third chapter, I love the third chapter because it starts out essentially talking to the women saying, I speak unto you that are pure in heart. Look unto God with firmness of mind. Pray unto him with exceeding faith. And here's something I, I want to promise too, because I've seen it with so many of the women. 
He will console you in your afflictions. He will plead your cause and he will send down justice upon those who seek your destruction. And ladies, some of you who are already divorced or divorcing, this one is hard because you see yourself and your kids experiencing all the consequences and he seems like nothing's even changed. He's just living his life. That makes sense though, doesn't it, ladies? He's numbed out. Of course, he's not gonna feel the reality of things. But I wanna assure you that justice will come. Like he will have to be accountable and it won't be in our time frame. If we're attaching a time frame, we have to do our work. We have to have confidence that justice will come. And then he says, woe, woe unto those that are not pure in heart, except you repent, the land is cursed for your sakes. And a little bit later in verse four, he says, the Lord God will lead away the righteous out from among you. As a consequence, if those who are pure in heart are not repenting or doing whatever they need to do to end the behaviors that they're engaging in. That's the other thing that I've seen, Janine and Naomi, is, is women are being led away. Like, it's hard. They don't want to get divorced. It's not what they ever envisioned or hoped for, but they are being led. And so many of the women that I've worked with have just said, I'm being led. That's all I can say. Like, I'm getting strength beyond my own to do things and to get to a safe place. And it's hard. And so if you're in that situation, I hope that hearing this is comforting in some way. And for some, it's not going to be because the pain is so bright. It's so extensive because they see their kids in that pain too. I just want to assure you it, it will get better. And there will be people that see and understand. And when you find those people, hold on to them with both hands because you're going to need that support. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think it's a powerful message and one that women can benefit from hearing. So yeah, don't be afraid to, to stand up to this ladies. We have women do a bill of rights in our program and you do not deserve emotional abuse. It's okay to stand up and end it. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Thank you again so much. I think this is going to be wonderful help for all the listeners out there. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to say before we close out? Yes. Thank you for having me today. I hope it's helpful for you and, and your listeners. Thanks again, Jeff. We really appreciate you joining us today. Your words have been so, so validating to our listeners. And thanks to all of you who are listening. Hopefully you have found this conversation with Jeff helpful to your own healing journey. And we'll see you next time in another episode. Thanks for joining us this week on Healing with Worth. Make sure to visit our website, healingwithworth.org, if you would like to enroll in an online therapist-led support group. We'll see you next time.